0: Welcome back to the Vibrantly Gray podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Working. Here in the Vibrantly Gray community, we support older women in pursuing their big dreams. I believe that age should never be a barrier to achieving one's goals and living a meaningful life. In today's episode, I hope you will be inspired and empowered to live your life vibrantly. I'm going to be discussing some of the possible reasons why you might be holding yourself back from embarking on a journey to your big dream. But first, I want to share three women's reflections on aging. I think it's really important to hear the voices of women, not just my own on this podcast, because in hearing their words, we can learn how to talk positively about our own experiences of aging. And that's something that has been reflected rarely in the cultural conversation. Normally, myself included, I think about and talk about aging and it centers around the aches and pains and perceived memory loss and all that kind of stuff. I want to stop that conversation in my own life and start a new one where I'm thinking and talking positively about the aging process. So the three women I asked to record their thoughts are all retired and are artists in their post-retirement. Each was an artist prior to retirement, but now they have more time to create. So I asked them to respond to two questions. One, how did you feel about aging when you were younger? And two, what do you think about it now? So let's listen to their thoughts. When I was young, I was
1: naive and oblivious. Where I lived and how I lived was a safe, white, middle-class, secure place that allowed me to drift along in a pillow of time passing. I was pretty sure that I didn't want to live long enough to be 50 years old, which also coincided with the new millennium. I really had no aspiration for the future, a concept worth exploring now. Life has happened through the decades, and I realize that I'm not immortal and that my actions and efforts have an impact on mine and others' future. Finally grown up, I'm trying to age with an accepting kind of grace while allowing myself to continue to explore art and travel adventures that broaden my horizons and keep me looking forward. I recognize that I'm very fortunate to continue my comfortable existence but in much more aware and supportive of others who are not safe. And there is no other. We share the same world and must support each other. Perhaps I've progressed through time from looking in to looking out. I suppose
2: the way you feel about growing older when you are young, depends on the older people you are around. When I was a child, I spent lots of time with elderly neighbors and relatives. They were patient and generous and kind. By the time I was 20, many of them were dead. But then I worked with some folks who could have easily retired but didn't, and they were wise. Their long experience living made them unflappable. They saw a variety of solutions where my peers and I only saw one, and when it failed, disaster. The sage Old Guard had light hearts and saw humor so easily. They laughed at themselves as much as they laughed at our young foolishness. I admired them for their competence and I liked them for their authenticity. To me, they were cool and they couldn't care less about being cool. When I was in my 30s and 40s, I sometimes served as a driver for my grandmother and her sisters when they met for lunch. I was admitted to a sort of inner sanctum where they talked about deep matters of everybody's failing health and the passing of the people they loved. There was a sadness, but it was tempered by pictures of the great-grandchildren and the great-great-grandchildren and all the accounts of their adventure. How do I feel about aging now? It's better than the alternative. I hate taking medication and I feel somewhat betrayed by my tired body. My peers are dying and I miss them. But there is so much I want to learn and to see and to do. And there's so much beauty that I want to revel in. I've always had a small moment of panic when I hit a decade year. And when I hit those decade years, I think back to how old I perceived my mom was when she was the same age. Of course, I also laugh at myself when I remember thinking my mom was really, really old at that age, and I can't possibly appear to be that old to my daughter. I don't spend a lot of time worrying about how old I am these days. I do hope I figure out how to stick around for a while, though. I'm so glad I am retired so that I can spend my time doing the things I want to do. I think I am more mindful of how I want to spend my time, knowing that I am in the second half of my
1: life.
0: As I was reviewing what they recorded, two things struck me. One, we don't really think about aging when we're younger. We only start really thinking about it when we are moving into our older years and two, the women experienced a shift in their priorities as they aged and their perspectives because they started adopting a more expansive view of themselves as individuals and their place in society. So what is holding you back? I want to share five reasons why you might be stymied in your journey. Number one, you might be saying to yourself, I don't have a clue what I want to do now that I'm, now that I am older. It's not unusual for you to not know exactly what it is that you want to do as you get older, where you want to put your focus. But I would refer you back to episode two with my conversation with Jana. She spends a lot of time giving us some tools about how we can begin to create a vision for ourselves. And what she suggests there is that we start paying attention to what we are naturally drawn to in life. So what keeps attracting you? I found it very helpful to get back to what excited me as a child. Sometimes those loves are socialized out of us or they dim with time. So here's an exercise I do and it's been really helpful for me. And so I wanted to share it with you so that you could give it a try if you'd like to as well. So first of all, you need to find a picture of yourself as a kid and then put it out and in front of you and look at it deeply. I suggest that you spend some time looking into your younger eyes and then begin to remember who you were then. What did you love? How did you spend your time? What things or people were important to you? How did you feel about your life? how did you feel about yourself? So I started doing this in January And I dug out a picture of me at around eight years of age. It's a black and white picture. I'm sitting on a saddled horse holding the reins. I am dressed in a sweatshirt and jeans. Okay, they were flowered jeans, very 1960s. And tennis shoes because I didn't own a pair of boots. I am looking directly at the camera My eyes indicate that I am unsure, maybe of the horse or getting my picture taken. I'm not quite sure. But I use this picture to recreate my eight-year-old world. So how did I spend my time? Outdoors, with animals. I spent a lot of time in our basement where the sewing machine was located, and I was sewing and, and painting I remember one project where I constructed a hanging clown shoe holder from my own pattern. I don't know exactly where that idea came from, but I do remember feeling excited and happy while I was making it. I was a voracious reader, sometimes reading the same book many times. I was good at learning. That was a time when there weren't that many shoulds in my life although they were starting to creep in. And then the sheds got louder as I got older, and I moved away from my loves. Some I continued, like education and reading. The artist part of me was dormant by the time I was a sophomore in college because I listened to the voices coming at me about how I couldn't make a living being an artist. Now, I encourage you to try this exercise. And to write down your thoughts as you're looking at your photo. But I do have to admit, it brought up quite a bit of sadness at first for me, mostly because I felt like I had wasted time away from my authentic self. But I firmly believe regret is a waste of time because when we are ready, we will begin something new. So, th- This brings me to another set of shoulds we internalize in our journey. Number two, that you might be procrastinating on getting started on your big dream journey is that we buy into ageist norms about how we should be as women elders. So what is ageism? It's discrimination and stereotyping on the basis of age. What that means is that all older people are lumped together in a group. And that lumping overlooks the vast variety of folks within that group. It then predicts, a stereotype predicts how people within that group are going to behave or should behave. So getting older is not celebrated after a certain age. I remember receiving birthday cards when I turned 40 that referred to me as being now over the hill. What is the first word that pops into your head when you hear getting older? What image of an old person comes to mind? More than likely, there is negative association demonstrated because our culture celebrates being young and denigrates being old. Why? We are constantly inundated with negative messages from the media and popular culture. And thus, we internalize these messages so much that we act ageist ourselves. Ageism is particularly destructive to women as they grow older. In fact, there is a term for that called gendered ageism. It's where sexism and ageism intersect. It is harder for women as they age in the workplace and everywhere else, really. Women report difficulties being hired into new jobs after 50 more than men do. In a recent study by Forbes, 80% of women experienced some form of ageism at work. 80%. 33% of women felt they could not get a job because of their age. And nearly half of the women surveyed said they felt ignored or invisible. AARP reports two out of three women over 50 experience ageism regularly. And women over 50 experience greater mental health issues as a result. It's not just our ideas that are dismissed. It is our bodies as well. And another new term has popped up and is now being used, and it's called lookism. Lookism describes the importance of a youthful and attractive appearance, and it puts women under a microscope as they show visible signs of aging. Because of lookism, women face ageism earlier than their male counterparts. Women spend a lot of money trying to conform and adapt to current societal norms. Just think about the uh, huge industry of anti-aging products, and those are mostly directed towards women. Wrinkles are considered ugly. Gray hair makes you look old. We are told to dress age appropriate, yet look younger as we do that. And for the most part, we believe this messaging because we don't see it for what it really is. I always like to say that a fish is not aware of water. A personal example, one that I I caught myself doing just a few months ago, I have a lot of people tell me that I don't look 65. And I took that as a compliment and I would thank them. And now I'm starting to think, well, why did I consider that a compliment? What is wrong with looking 65? So, as a result of catching myself responding as though they were issuing a a compliment to me, I've started really paying attention to what I say to myself, as well as how I respond to others' ageist comments. Going natural with our hair is a thing now. It's starting to trend. I listened recently to an interview uh, by Katie Couric, where she interviewed Andy McDowell. Uh, She is a actress who is now in her 60s. She's kind of known for her dark, curly hair. And Andy was talking about how she dared to let her hair go naturally gray and the kinds of responses uh, that she got about that. In fact, there was a magazine who had her on the front cover where the headline was expressing, you know, some surprise and shock about her going naturally gray. In 2021, Guardian publication interviewed women about their decision to go gray. They all said that they felt emancipated when they were no longer drying their hair. They felt like a warrior woman, very powerful. And all of this is a really good thing, but it also shows the extent to which lookism is pervasive in our culture. Going gray is not considered normal, although it is a normal part of getting older. So we need to understand that we are operating in a biased system that wants us to become invisible. If we can't look younger, it expects us to roll down the hill to what is unknown. All I know is that you can't be seen at the bottom of a hill. So it's the pressure of invisibility that we are pushing against when we decide to do aging differently. It is not your fault that you experience ageism. But there are actions you and I can do to start changing the system. So, what can we do? Number one, you can educate yourself on the ways ageism operates in our society. I'll put some resources in our Facebook group, Vibrantly Gray. Number two, you can reflect on how you embody ageist ideas and practice new language and behaviors which is what i said i would i am trying to do number 3 you can look for role models of positive aging remember one of the women we listened to at the first part of the episode said that she had positive elders who showed her a way to be older so i've started seeking them out on social media and in real life i want to learn about these role models and from them but the fact that i have to search for them is a function of how ageism works kind of on the flip side of looking for role models you can also be a role model one of the women in the guardian article said that she went gray because she wants to set an example for her daughter so in many ways We can be women who are showing our younger counterparts how to age differently. Number four, have frank conversations with your important people about this issue. We don't talk about the isms very much in this society. Ageism is something that needs to be talked about. And it starts at your kitchen table, over drinks, in your religious and spiritual communities, in your families. So spread the word. And number five, this gets back to the theme of this episode, and that is go do you. Thumb your nose at what other people say and think. Okay, so the third reason why you might be holding yourself back is that you might be saying to yourself, I know what I want to do, but the idea is preposterous. And to that I say, good. And who cares? And why do you think it's preposterous? Because someone told you it was? Great ideas are wild, but they don't stay that way once you are living them. So work with the ideas that you are having. Fourth reason, I don't trust that I have what it takes to achieve my big dream. And to that, I say, you have X number of years of experience. It might be that you're like me, 66. You might be 51. You might be 80 or 90. You've developed skills during those decades. Not only have you developed skills, but you've developed tenacity. You've waded through all the ups and downs of decades of living. You, my friend, are a survivor and you have everything you need to be a thriver. Oftentimes we focus on the can'ts and not the cans in our lives. Be careful what you focus on because what we focus on grows. So turn your thinking from what you feel you can't do to thinking about what you can do. And the last reason you might be holding yourself back is that you don't feel supported in your journey. And I have to be honest, this journey can be a lonely one. People do not understand at times. You might upset some folks as you start to soar, but don't take it personally. What they are reacting to is that shining your light You are reminding them of what they are not doing in their own lives. So they have two choices. Start flying themselves or criticize you. Which do you think is the easiest? So pay no attention to the criticism. Now, I don't want to downplay how much this can hurt. Believe me, I know. When it comes from the people that you love, but keep marching on. So seek out women who are upending ageist norms, such as the women in this community. Although there is physical distance between us, we can connect with each other on social media and through the common activity of listening to Vibrantly Gray. Start going to activities where you don't normally go, where you think that there might be people who get you. And this is a tough one for women, but get used to being alone. There are huge benefits to it. Now, I'm not suggesting that we become social isolates. What I'm suggesting is that we spend time with ourselves so that we can do some deep thinking about where we're going. So I'm going to end this episode by just reminding you that you are worthy of pursuing your dreams, no matter what age you are. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you did, please subscribe to it on your favorite podcasting platform. A high rating from you would be fabulous too. As David Bowie said, aging is an extraordinary process where you become the person you always should have been. So let's go on that journey together.